Praise be to Jesus and Mary, and welcome to the Catholic Family Podcast. This is the What is a Woman podcast, hosted by Mandy and Holly. Let's begin our show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the What is a Woman podcast. My name is Holly, and as always, I'm joined here by my mother, Mandy, and we'll begin our episode by saying, Jesus, Jesus meek and humble of heart, make our hearts like unto thine. So uh, happy to be back and uh, ready for another week of What is a Woman, and um, yeah. Yep, Jesus <laughs> Sunday, just passed. Just passed, yep. So we're getting into the gears of lent lent is approaching it's, it's, it's coming we're thinking about it i'm thinking about it are you thinking about I'm it i'm thinking about it thinking about what i'm gonna do i, I always look forward to lent i love lent yeah I, I mean i know that sounds weird to say but i just and i feel like we i probably said this last year on the podcast but we should be we shouldn't wait for lent necessarily to get serious but i it, know but why but i mean it we uh, seem to have to. I, I think <laughs> I think of Lent as like a time to spiritually regroup. Yes. And reconnect and rethink about everything. Everything and it just puts you and it, and it it show it does show you how good Holy Mother the Church is that she she gives us this time to spiritually better ourselves and really put in the forefront of our minds that Easter is coming and we need to be spiritually ready for it. We need that to, we can't just go waltzing into Easter like we know what's going on, yeah. you know? Like here we are. Here we are Easter, you know, like Lent is the time to like like Protestants. And I'm not and I'm not and I'm not saying that we shouldn't be like this all year round. I'm not like I don't want that to be misconstrued and that, you know, Lent's here it's time to get serious. We weren't serious before, but well, it's time to get serious. What I always think happens is we do get serious. I always get serious at Lent. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm serious all the time, but I get really serious. At yeah. Lent. And then gradually after Easter, things start, you know, things start to slide uh-huh. or this starts to happen. And, and next thing you know, um, we've come full circle again. And it's like, okay, you've messed up a bunch. Let's get serious, serious again. again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you, you weren't, you, you let things slide. You let, let things go. You yeah. were all gung ho. You were sacrificing and you think in your head, you're going to do this all year. I do. I always think. Yeah. That. I always think, okay, now Easter's here. Lent's over, but let's keep it going. And then, you, you know, know, our fallen human nature kicks in and we realize that we're awful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're not so great at it. But yeah. anyway, so but the good news is that Holy Mother Church looks after us. Yeah, and she gives us what we need. Well, and as I was reading in my little catechism of the Curiars this morning, um, the uh, on the a catechism on the sacrament of penance and how good God is to us that He gives us this sacrament so that we can, um. <coughs> These are my words, not the cure of ours, obviously, but reconnect and be forgiven and we can start afresh and start anew. We go into the confessional. If we're truly sorry for our sins, God forgives us and gives us another chance and another chance and another chance to like that is really when you think about it, a great gift and a great sacramental Mm -hmm. and that, you know, the cure of ours said, you know, if we could, if we could truly really understand how great this gift is, we would, uh, again, my word's not his, but this is the way I perceived what he was saying, almost over-abuse it yeah, and use it all the time uh-huh. and, and and really be like, I need to get into that confessional, you know? Right. So, and Lent's a good time to do that. Lent is a good time to really, I think, anyways. Well, I mean, the church focuses or forces you to, Every day, think about sacrifice. Yeah. Because, I mean, we have to uh, fast, yeah. right? So we spend the whole, I mean, and here, look at the poor novice order people. They don't have to do anything. Like, I mean, it's one of the, it's one of the mind-blowing things in the novice order is that, you know, all these gifts of Holy Mother Church to make sure that we sanctify ourselves and we save our souls. Like they're giving us the opportunity. She's giving us the opportunity to do the penance that is necessary to get into heaven. heaven. Here. Here. Not right? Purgatory. And the novice order took that away. Right. 
So, I mean, as a novice order Catholic, once upon a time, Lent meant nothing to me. No, I know. Absolutely I I, well, I, I'm I might have told this story before, but it was really eye-opening for me because I, I wasn't raised in novice order. My mom was, but I wasn't, yeah. you know. So I don't really know what goes on there. And uh, we had a store, my mom and I, once upon a time, and it was Lent. And we had a kitchen at the back of the store, but at this point in time, we weren't really using the kitchen. Yeah. So there was very little food. Yeah. And this was a point in my life where I wasn't really good with cooking or whatever. So, and my mom had left. I don't know where you went, and I was managing the store by myself, and I was starving. And it was Lent. And I was like, I was starving, and I'm like... I need to have my lunch because I can only have three meals a day. So I go to the back and there's a can of zoodles. Yeah. Alphagetti. I don't know if you guys have zoodles in the States or whatever, but basically really awful pasta and a red sauce. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, microwave, I microwave up this can of zoodles and, I'm, and we had an upstairs and my studio was upstairs and I'm walking up the stairs and I tripped. And the whole bowl of zoodles goes all over me. Yeah. Remember this? Yes, yeah. And it goes all over me. I'm wearing a white shirt, all red spaghetti sauce down my white shirt, in my hair. Like it went, it was like almost like a scene of a movie. Went up into the air and flew on me. And I'm like on the stairs. I fall. So I'm also, my knee hurts. And, and I'm it's like, always embarrassing to fall. Well, thank goodness nobody was in the store, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? And I'm like, Oh my word, please nobody come in. I've got zoodles in my hair. This was my, the only food back there. This was my lunch. And I had already taken two spoonfuls yeah. eating of it. So I'm like, now I've eaten, but now my zoodles are gone. Yeah. So I had two spoonfuls zoodles for lunch and I'm covered in zoodles and I'm just like, this is the worst. And it's Lent and I'm crying and I'm just like, and then didn't you know a lady walks in and I'm standing on the stairways, cover, stairwell covered in zoodles. And she walks in and she's like, oh, what happened here? And I'm crying and I'm just like, I just tripped up the stairs. And it and, and this word vomit just started coming out, right? Yeah. I'm like, and it's Lent. And then I'm like, and I'm sure you don't know what that means, but it's Lent. She's like, oh, no, I know all about Lent. I'm Catholic. And I'm like, oh, okay. So she, she goes, yeah, that's where, you know, Lent's coming and we don't eat meat on Friday. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, why do that all year? But anyways. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, and then I was like, obviously she's not with Sordo. But I'm like, no, that's not Lent. <laughs> like in my head, I didn't say that to her, obviously. Right, I'm like, right. covered in zoodles. I'm not going to give you a sermon here. <laughs> yeah. But it was just like one of those uh, moments for me where I was like, wait a minute. They don't do, their Lent is not the same, obviously, no, as our Lent. Not. And I... I should have known that, but I didn't know why I didn't really click into that. But I was just like, yeah, this this is not the same. Yeah. At all. And that was a moment for me. I was like, yeah, that is not the same church as us. That is very, very different. So far removed. And that church doesn't give its people the opportunity to save themselves. Right. Like what kind of mother looks after their children like that? Yeah. You know? Well, because when you're thinking about it, and you're like, and she said, well, oh, yeah, Lent, we don't eat meat on Friday because it's Lent. Yeah. And I'm like. And I don't even, maybe that's just her, but to my knowledge, if they don't eat meat, it's a, it's only on uh, Good Friday and Ash Wednesday. Oh, it's just those two days? Yeah, like, but I, 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 maybe I mean, so, I there's mean, so many different varieties of Catholic now doing yeah, different things. Yeah, you don't like, really Nothing know. is consistent, right? Yeah. That's what happens when there's a lack of a head. Yeah. Right, but anyway, so so anyway, we're grateful. We're grateful that Holy Mother Church gives us this opportunity. Yeah. Um, obviously, you got stuff planned with the kids. Yes, I'm going to. So I'm going to share this idea, and I'll post a link to where I found this. It's it's a book. It's I sent it to my mom. I said this book is. I always want to make sure it's good, but it's from what was the year on it? 1930. I sent you the book. Remember? Did you? I don't even remember. A link to it. Do you not know what yeah, I'm talking about? Yeah, I remember about? you sending me a book saying, is this book all right? And I, I'm pretty sure they, uh, anyways, it it is from 1931, the book is. Yeah. And um, so what it is, what I'm going to have the kids do for Lent this year is that, because I want them to wake up every day in Lent and start their, I know we start our day off with morning prayers, but I really want them to understand that they're in Lent and we need to make sure we use this time, you know, as best as we can. So I'm going to have them each make a little mailbox and I'm going to hang it up outside their room. And then this book, it's called um, 
I can't remember the exact name of the title, but it's like something about doing Lent with children. It's oh, right. Uh, right? Uh, I can't remember the exact names, and I I found it last week, but I will put a link to it. And it gives you a little thing each day for them to read. Right. So I'm going to print out each day, and I'm going to slip it in their little mailbox. Remember I told you this? Yeah, you did. I thought it was wonderful. Okay. Because I'm like, you're looking at me like, no, you're like what are you talking about? I remember I just can't remember the book. The book. Why I can't look I'm, at it. I'm drawing a total blank on the title of the, of the book. Wow. Anyways. We will find we it. We will find I I saved it. So I have it in my computer. I just don't have, like, I'm not able to check it right now. But um, but anyway, so they're going to do up their little mailbox. And then each day I'm going to put the, the what it says for the day and the thought of Lent into the mailbox and so when they get up in the morning that's the first they can thing they can do is get up and check their mailbox and i mean it's just something that's a little exciting yeah. but it also no candy no can no no candy <laughs> it's just the little thing and i might like decorate the card a little bit with some nice picture of jesus or maybe i'll do up like a holy card for each day yeah to put in the mailbox with the thing and then they can collect the holy cards that's right. a good idea so um maybe you could get if you made the holy cards, they sell the hockey card books here. Yeah, and then they can collect their, instead of hockey cards, they'll collect holy cards. That's a good idea. That is a good idea. And then, uh, yeah, so, so and I bought, I got myself a laminator yeah. at the auction. Right. So I'll make my own holy cards. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I just thought that was a neat idea because I, I want to think of something. I wanted to think of something to do with them um, in Lent. And the book kind of actually, I was on, and I do believe that God puts things in our path. I'd never heard of this book, and I happened to be on Pinterest. And it was Because like, I'm doing a video right now for the Catholic Family Podcast. I was looking for pictures, and it just was in there in my Pinterest feed. Oh. I was like, what is this book? And I went and I looked at it, and I read it, like read all the yeah. little paragraphs for each day. Well, we definitely have to link it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I will for sure, because I thought it was really good. So. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so yeah, that's something that I'm going to do. And I wanted to share all that to give you ladies. Maybe you don't have to do it, but I'm just saying if people are looking for things to do, just something neat that you can do with your kids. Actually, I should go to the dollar store right now because they have mailboxes usually out around this time yeah. for St. Valentine's Day. Um, yeah, I, um, I'm i going to give up. Well, it's I've already kind of given it up anyway. Like I don't have a phone. Right. You know, I but in, but I'm not going to look at a reel, not a single solitary reel. I still hate them, mm-hmm. as I've mentioned multiple times, and yet I find myself... Still watching them? Still occasionally looking at a reel. But yeah. so for Lent, I'm not going to look at any. any I'm yeah. not looking at any. Well, I will. An and, update from last week, I will tell you, ladies, I have been doing really well because I told you all, all that I deleted my the social apps off my phone. Uh-huh. It's been going extremely well right and I haven't did watched you it. also tell people last week you also told your husband not to text you during yes the day. i well no we didn't share that but i because my mom and i we decided that the well and i know we've shared this on here that the cell phone is evil it really is and it could be used for good like could be used for good like we have but unfortunately it's not really it's like the television the television itself is not evil yeah the the actual box yeah that it's just broadcast a program it's what's in it and what's on it and what people are watching yeah. so a cell phone itself is not evil it's a matter of what you're doing with what it. what you're doing with it but um you know my my husband does text me all like he used to text me all day and i realized that you know when so if you're texting someone all day there's not really much to say when you get home right when you've been talking all day through text right so i i kind of told my husband you know i don't like i don't think you should text me while you're at work right. i think you should go to work do your work and then you come home and we can have a conversation about things about things and we can talk because you know my mom and i were talking about that's what you did and, and before I, the cell phone well what i the one thing that i noticed um with couples is that they constantly are texting each other from one room to the other. Right, and then you're never present that, when who... And if they want to say something, especially if they want to say something not so nice, they text They it. text, yeah. You know, or they get in texting fights or stuff is going on and all this texting is going on. And and 
I myself, I said, there is some, there's something wrong with this. This is not a good way for husbands and wives, wives to, to communicate. communicate. Yeah. It's just not. My um, my father, I'll never forget this story. I don't even know if I told it before, but he was he was a truck driver. I mean, he was many things. But at, the last job he had before he retired was he was a truck driver. And he used to go down um, to Detroit and deliver these auto parts. And he used to work with with somebody. Like, I think they drove together. I don't know how it worked anyway. But this, he used to just, this guy used to drive him nuts. Because this guy couldn't go two minutes without talking to his wife. Right? So So, he must have had a cell phone. Well, I don't know. Yeah, but I don't think he had it on in the truck. But then they would get to Detroit. And then he'd be in the bathroom. He'd be on the phone to his wife. And my father, he he was like, what is the matter with you? Yeah. Like, he thought that was horrible. Yeah. He said, you're supposed to be working. Yeah. Like, you can't leave two minutes without talking to your wife. Yeah. You know, and he thought that that was a real problem. Right. And that was way before. That was before texting. That was before. That, I'm going to imagine that was along the time of the Like, a man goes out and he goes to work and he does his stuff. Yeah. He doesn't, you know, have to, you know, like, he, he thought it was very, I'm going to say... And I know some people might have a problem with this, but he thought it was very unmanly. Yeah. You know, and then you go home and then you be with your wife. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to say whether it was unmanly or not, but I do noticed, you know, that that is causing a lot of anxiety and a lot of problems between, you know, uh, couples. Yeah. Because, you know, if you didn't text me, if you didn't do, you know. Like, well, and also you, I, I find that you say things through text that you would never say to somebody's face. Yeah. It's like the computer. Like you, you get behind the screen and, and I'm talking personally here myself. I say things to my husband through text that I would never say to his face. Right. And it, it is, and this may be just a problem for me. I don't know. But like, you know, and vice versa. So, and it just you also the other problem is i'm going to say a lot of miscommunication because you cannot read someone's tone through a text message right. and many times he's said things to me and i'm like whoa rude but then you know he's like no i didn't that wasn't my tone like i wasn't trying to be rude you know yeah. so you're like you're you're misconstruing somebody and then i said to him well maybe this is why we shouldn't text all the time yeah. Like, it, like I mean, obviously, I'm not like, don't ever text me while you're at work. Like, you know, text me today, did you claim the chiropractor? Yeah. The benefit thing, whatever. Something important, you know, or do you want me to stop and grab milk on the way home? Yes, we need milk. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. But, like, to just text because you're on a break or you're bored <coughs> or you're... Yes. The, the problem well, I think we that's have... What it is. It's a boredom thing. It's, well, then that's the problem we have is that we, ha- we cannot tolerate boredom at any point. And right. the cell phone has done that. Right. So even, you know, sometimes I, I I used to, like, I would get to the school to pick the kids up early, and I'd get there early. And I'd open up my cell phone, and I'd yeah. sit there. I was incapable of even sitting in a car waiting for my children. Right. And then the other day, I, because I decided I deleted all the social apps off my phone, I got to the school, and I was, and I habitually looked down to pick up my phone. I was like, oh, yeah, no apps. Yeah. So I put the phone back in the cup holder, and I was staring out of the window, looking out ahead, and there was another mother in the car, and I looked at her, and she looked at me, and we just were staring. And she got out, and she come, she came and sat in my car. Yeah. And she said, oh, do you mind if I sit in here and wait with you, and we just talk? I haven't talked to you in a while. I said, oh, yeah, no, sure, come on in, you know. And we sat there and we had a conversation. But if we were both down looking at our phones, right, that never would have happened. Right. And I always actually, you know, I always use those times for prayer. Yeah, you can. Yeah. It's a good right. opportunity to be, it's a, you it's, have those quiet moments with it, our those Lord. Those are the most, especially if you have, you know, I mean, the, one of the problems with mothers is they don't really have a lot you of You don't time. have a lot of quiet moments. A lot of quiet moments. So, um, you know, if people say, well, the kids don't really say too much, I'm bored. No. Because I always say, well, then the good Lord's it's calling coming. for prayer. You know, <laughs> I said, then yeah. it's the perfect time. What shall we pray? Yeah. You know, and then they're like, okay, let's not go to grandma. Be bored. <laughs> <laughs> busy, busy. I'm busy, busy, grandma. <laughs> you, know, you know, but honestly, honestly, how much of that is getting neglected? 
Right. Because we're filling our head. Yeah. You know. We're occupying boredom with the Yeah, the so, I mean, I personally encourage everybody to try to disconnect themselves from the cell phone. Especially more, during Lent. Especially during Lent. Try mm-hmm. to do something that says, okay, we're not we're not going to do this this much. That, right. You know? Yeah. Anyway. Well, so should, are we going to jump into our book? Yeah, yeah. Last week we finished off the chapter of Choice of Friend, and now we're on the new chapter, chapter 20, which is Works of Mercy. Yeah, and I had, I mean, I have to be honest with you guys. I did read this book, sort of, but I, I, this is the, I have a tendency to read really good at the beginning and by the end to peter off. Oh, okay. So I don't even think I read this chapter, but I did, I did read it the other day. Petered off. And, um... And I was like, mind blown. Oh, okay. It's one of you those know, chapters. Like it, was, it? It, was, it was a chapter that made me really reflect, you don't do enough. Right. Oh, you know, boy, I don't know. If so I, we need it, but sometimes you don't want to hear it. But we but don't want to hear it, but let's read. Let's, let's just jump, jump right into in. it. Okay. So, quote, the Apostle St. James teaches us that true piety, that which is acceptable to God, consists in visiting the fatherless and widows in their tribulations. And the instruction is addressed to women more than to men, because being less occupied with business affairs, they can devote more time to works of mercy, from which no <coughs> Christian family should consider itself dispensed. End quote. Okay, well, the first thing that uh, popped out to me in there was they said true piety. Oh, okay. That wasn't the first thing that popped out to me, but go for it. What, that you didn't visit your mother enough because she's a <laughs> widow? <laughs> no, what's that? Works of mercy are more for women than they are for men? Well, that well, that's because men are men involved. Men are busy. They're supposed in, to be. They're in the middle of life, and, and women yeah. are, you know, supposed to just be, you know, making soup and bread and, and looking after children. They have time to squeeze that in. They're not occupied. They're supposed, of course, let's be real. This is in the end of the 1800s. Yeah, they're not occupied of the things of the world. Right. So, but, but, but what, anyways, back to the true piety. Sorry. Back <laughs> to the true piety. Um, like, don't you think of works of mercy as charity? Mm-hmm. And uh, yet our author says here, piety. Mm-hmm. Use the word piety. Now, piety um is, you know, basically an outward sign of um, your devotion, kind of. Piety is, you know, how well, reverently you, you know, do the sign of the cross right. or you kneel or you pray or, you know, a pious person, right? Yeah. So, but here, the author is telling us that works of mercy is, falls under piety. Mm-hmm. Right? How well do we show the love of God in, like... Um, in looking after other people. Right. So if people are looking at us, how well are they looking after other people is an, is an equally an act of piety as it is of charity. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, look at the Christians. They love one another. Right. Right. They do this. They, they're always looking after people. They're always looking for the least fortunate and doing that. Right. So in the eyes of other people, what do they see when they when they see us? Do they see us as this person? Right. So anyway, continue. OK, on. quote, moreover, in endowing women, woman with greater sensibility, with a heart more generous, more devoted and more easily moved by the spectacle of suffering. God seems to have called her especially to the holy and noble office of relieving and consoling the poor and the unfortunate, whom the decline of faith and charity has rendered so numerous amongst us, end quote. Right. Um, so what I've written down here is that we must sacrifice ourselves. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and the funniest thing happened. Uh, you're, you're not prepared for this, but. Oh, great. <laughs> That's what I love to hear in the middle of a podcast. Well, I had two things happen last week. It was kind of weird, right? So I had a friend of mine. They asked me, they said, um, they said, I don't understand it. I said, you know, I see people and they, they do lots and lots of praying, like, you know, multiple rosaries a day. Like there's no shortage of praying, but they don't seem to get it, mm-hmm. right? And I said, my answer to her was, well, people do a lot of praying, but they don't do a lot of sacrificing of self, mm-hmm. right? And sacrificing of self is is equally as important. 
Right. So she had asked me about that. And then you had come to me. You had a you had something you had to do that you didn't want to do. Yes. Right? And you're just like, I don't. I said, look it. You have to sacrifice yourself. You have to do this and you have to sacrifice yourself. And so I had just said this out of my head. And then, you know, about an hour or so, I went and did my prayers. And I was doing a novena mm-hmm. um, to uh, for the purification. Didn't mm-hmm. line up with the pur- purification. So... I go down and I go to say my night novena and this is what I read. After just saying this to you, it says, Virgin most obedient, at the presentation in the temple, thou didst will, like other women, to offer the want of sacrifice. Obtain for us that we too, following thy example, may learn how to offer ourselves in living sacrifice to God by practicing every virtue. Right. And I come back and I was like, oh, my gosh, I just said that to Holly. You have to be you have to offer yourself in sacrifice. Right. Right. And so I come back and I said, look, in case you think I'm wrong about this, (laughs) this is in the I just read this in the novena. You have to offer yourself in sacrifice by practicing every virtue. Mm -hmm. Like literally, we must live the gospels right and what were the gospels you know um of christ about being a christian of loving one another mm-hmm. right and here okay and here's an interesting fact for for you ladies that kind of goes into um the offering yourself as the sacrifice um on palm sunday when jesus is coming on the donkey and everybody pulls the palms down and they're putting them on the ground for Jesus to walk on. Not all people pulled palms. Mm-hmm. Some people took their coats off. Right. And they laid their coats on the ground for Jesus. Now it was said that the people that that um, only put palms, they were the people that um, screamed crucify. Right. Christ at the end because they didn't sacrifice themselves right the people that had took their very own Mm -hmm. coat they made a personal sacrifice they were the ones that stayed true to christ right well and on that note you know it's funny because i was um when i go to obviously i go on youtube to upload these videos for the podcast but i did uh i recently saw the catholic family podcast had posted a little short Right. Um, from one of Father Saunders' podcasts. Yeah. On here. That I po- saw that it. it was point good. about the Blessed Virgin Mary, that is so profound. And that is so, that you, you don't really think of that. That, you know, at that time, everyone wanted to be the mother of God. They knew the mother of they God. They knew the one thing that would have to make them be the mother of God was to be a mother and to get married and to this. Yeah. And she gave that up. Yes. She sacrificed she herself. She sacrificed herself. Yeah. When at that point in time in history, everybody was like, you know, who's going to be the mother of God or whatever, the savior, you know, mm-hmm. and she like, but that is so profound that our lady sacrificed yeah. the one thing yeah, that would make her the mother of God yeah. in the end. Right. You know. So, I mean, the thing about um, the works of mercy is it entails a sacrificing of ourselves. Self. Yeah. You know, sometimes we have, maybe we have lots of money and we can easily give money. There's no, there's no sacrifice of self in that. Yeah. We have to do the things that, um, like I'm going to say hurt, Mm -hmm. you know, that like, like I don't want to do that Mm -hmm. or I don't like to do that or, you know, you have to learn how to sacrifice yourself and not to let those opportunities go by. Right. Like you win, you win so, I've always found in my life personally, Mm -hmm. like prayer, I mean, prayer is actually virtue. So it's demanded of us. We must pray. But the moments where you see something really turn and overturn in your favor Mm -hmm. is that moment when you've actually sacrificed yourself. Well, because you and you do that, what you're saying is not my will, but thy will be done. Yeah. And every saint throughout history, that is what they have said. Yeah. Not my will, his will. 
Yes. You know, they, they give up their will and give it to God. Uh-huh. And just do his holy will. You know, you're not, you're just giving yourself wholeheartedly to our Lord and saying, do with me what thou wilt. Yeah, you know, you know? And, and that usually entails a lot of what you don't want to do. Right. Yeah, it's not, it, then when you say that, it sounds like, okay, yeah, do with me what thou wilt. But it's not, you You actually have to do it. And the, what, when uh, it comes down to it, you have to actually give up your will. Right. You know, so... All right. So uh, anything else on that point? Or? Well, I think yeah, no, go ahead. Okay. Quote, it is in obedience to this call that so many holy women devote themselves to, sorry, devote themselves by vow to the relief of every misery in the religious orders by which the church endeavors to counteract the fearful progress of egotism and pride. <coughs> but women who have embraced the marriage state are not on that account exempted from the sublime vocation which is common to their sex among the qualities ascribed to the valiant women by the inspired writer are mercy and charity quote she hath opened her hand to the needy and stretched out the palms of her hands to the poor end quote never was the exercise of mercy more necessary than in our times because misery was never more wildly spread or more profound end quote right so well the, well the first off um Basically, the works of mercy are done very well by our religious. That's what right. That's what it said in the beginning, right? That the religious, those who take, um, you know, the, the nuns, that's what they're living. They're living a life of sacrifice of self for the betterment of mankind. Right. Right. That's what the monks did. They sacrificed themselves constantly. Um, I, I don't know if I mentioned that that show worst jobs in history but they had monks in the middle ages and they used to they go were the out worst job in history yeah because they used to go out and wade out into the middle of the water at three o'clock in the morning for the salvation of souls the bitter cold water oh yeah and uh, they used to do all kinds of things you know right. the, the sacrificing of self for the salvation of mankind and this is this was a secular television show the worst jobs in history and the the um commentator made the comment of course christianity did spread like wildfire he right. said right see you know uh -huh. he even acknowledged like the spread of christianity was so large at that time period and you had all these monks sacrificing themselves for the salvation of men or like uh nuns in a cloister sacrificing themselves mm -hmm. Right. Or or the, you know, not even in a cloister, the teaching nuns or the nursing nuns mm -hmm. all and even the priest, like not even the priests, especially the, the priests. Priest. Yeah. Like they sacrificed their whole entire life for yeah. the salvation of souls. Right. You know, I they go they go on a whim to deathbeds, to sick beds, to, right. you know, to helping all these people. They're dry. I mean, especially in our especially right now. Right. Where they don't even have like real parishes they're you know father's parish consists of ontario yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know like that's pretty big, big yeah you know right so it's not and, and even here and there i mean and even i i saw i saw a picture on facebook of father doing a wedding in omaha mm -hmm. you know like it they're everywhere yeah doing everything for whoever needs them yeah and um and so it says here though in our book but we as as uh, married people or single people or people living in the world, we're not exempt from this. Right. We still have to do our bit. We have to do it too. We have to find our way to sacrifice ourselves for, um, you know, humankind. Right. Right. Okay, quote, and the constitution of modern society affords but little hopes of its diminution on the contrary everything tends to make us fear its increase and if charity which ought to cure the evil do not augment in the same proportion what will become of the poor who have no other resource than the liberality of the rich since god in depriving them of the goods of this world forbids them to use fraud or violence in procuring the necess necessaries of life end quote Right. So, I mean, again, we have to take into consideration we're in the 1800s here. So, um, poverty, yeah, there's a lot of poverty. And um, 
the author predicts that the poverty is going to get worse. And of course it right. does. We, we, we're going to come into a Great Depression. We're going to come into the two world wars where people mm-hmm. like, I mean, if you ever watch any history shows and you see what they had to eat, yeah, you know, or how they had to live right. or what they had to do, you know, like it was, um, it was pretty intense, right? Mm-hmm. The needs of the people. Right. During those time periods. But of course, we had a little flip of the switch there. Like that we've had in this new age of modernism. Right. Where our poor people, even though they're poor, like they're not exactly poor. Like it's, <laughs> yeah. it's a very it's a very weird thing because anybody can get a chocolate bar anywhere. Yeah. You're not. Like you don't. You know, I mean, and everybody not, has a cell phone. Yeah, like this is not meant to sound awful, but you know, where we live, like there's not really kids starving in the streets begging for bread. No, you that, know? that doesn't have. I mean, I'm going to say there is. There's a lot of street people. Like, don't right. get me wrong. And especially since you know, we had the that. C- yeah, that yeah. Thing. We know. Everyone knows. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and of course, I mean, I think that things are going to get maybe different i think maybe this year is going to be a telltale sign mm-hmm. of the things that you know maybe this because i mean previous to this street people were there mostly because that's where they wanted to be right like it was um it was sin that was really dictating their circumstance right and i, I mean i've been around it I, I personally have been around it quite a bit like right. i've been around people that um were in the streets or whatever or known people and it's it always seemed to be a choice. Right. A choice because of sin. Um, but that doesn't mean they're not in need. Mm-hmm. You know, it still equally is in need. Right. It's just really hard to find those people. Right. But but we also have the spiritual darkness. Like there's a lot of people in spiritual darkness that's equally in need. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, um, and and I think the need is coming is going to come back. People are not going to be able to feed themselves like, you know, just people trying to live day to day. I mean, for me, I think that and I remember like when you were little young and like we I've lived my life on highs and lows, like one where, you know, there's plenty of money and then Mm -hmm. there's no money Mm -hmm. and. You know, it was always trying to keep up to a standard that was right. difficult. Not that you couldn't live. Right. But you couldn't live to the standard. That everybody else was. That everybody else yeah. was. But anyway, I personally think that we are going to come into an age where people are really, really going to be in need. Well, and I think, I mean, this is just my own speculation, but I think it's because we live in a world right now where people aren't being... And I'm talking as a whole here, secularly, not yeah. Catholics. But kid, children aren't being taught, right? Basic facts, uh, basic necessities of life. Mm-hmm. I mean, like kids aren't even being taught how to cook. You know, kids aren't even being taught how to function. You know, function. Right. Never, like you know, so our work, like our we have... work, or you know, so that the world can't sustain itself if the if the new generation is coming up and they don't know how to work. Right. It, it just it just is a fact. Yeah, I, I mean, you I know? do. I have this argument with my brother all the time because he says, "Well, the these kids will learn to work when they're starving to death." No, they won't. And I said, and I don't, I don't believe we, so. Yeah, I'm like, I don't think so. I think they'll just kill themselves. I mean, I hate to be morbid, but but I mean, it is one of the reasons the suicide rate is so so high. high Because people can't cope. Because people can't cope. And um, and the the thing about that is, so I mean, maybe like the, between the anxieties and the depressions, I mean, the whole world is so robbed of... um, Virtue. Yeah. I would say God's grace, though, because it's not produced, right? Right. You know, God still loves everybody in that, but it requires, like, the masses and all these things have been taken away. Right. That used to, you know, help a Christian society flourish. Right. So now we're kind of living in darkness. Well, we're living the effects of Uh the virtue being, or the grace is not being 
I'm going to lack of a better word used produced by the people. Like yes. we have to work with God's grace and it's not being done. Yes. Right. So we're living the effects of that. Yeah. You know? Right. So all the more reason to, that everything that has, we, has to be pumped up. But, right. You know, and we have to be looking for those opportunities, which I'm not, I'm not going to say they're hard to find. Yeah. You know, like they, they are hard to find, but you do know people that are struggling. So you have to kind of go out of your way and, and, you know, find them and help them Mm -hmm. as best you can. Yeah. Okay. Quote, all things belong to God. He alone is master, owner, and Lord in the strict and fullest sense of the words. For he alone has supreme dominion over all that exists and can dispose of it as he pleases. Nothing is exempt from this dominion and our bodies and souls are his as well as the things that surround us, and which he permits us to dispose of. He bestows abundance, not that we may make a capricious or selfish use of it, but that we may apply it according to his intentions, end quote. Right. Okay, so um, what, I, what, I, what jumped off the pages at me there um, is nothing is exempt from his dominion. Right. Like, everything is God's. Yes. Right. Our and, bodies, our souls. And and the one thing it didn't mention, but I, I do want to put out there, especially our children. Yes. They're gods. Yeah. You know, like we're just we're just given temporary custody. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. You know, and so we have to kind of understand that I and we have we have a good friend that um that actually I I don't know, I think somebody told me. He didn't actually say it, but he, he considers his house God's house. Yes. So that it's open to whoever needs it. it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, that's pretty. That's a good, great way of looking at things. Yeah. You, you know, know, that nothing we have is actually ours. ours. It's given to us by God. And that um, we're actually going to be held accountable. Did we say that or is that in the next little bit? Maybe it's in the next. It's in the next. Go read the next. I okay. think it's in the next part. Okay, quote, in dispensing the goods of this life, he does not lose his dominion over them, nor the right of demanding from us a strict account of their administration. We are, in fact, but the trustees and managers of those goods, and every gift that we receive at his hands is merely a talent that we should cultivate for his glory, end quote. Right, so um, here's, this is the, this is the Trustees and managers. We're the trustees and managers. If anybody watched, um, what was that show? Downton Abbey? (laughs) (laughs) Downtown Abbey. Downton. That's from a previous podcast. But anyway. Go back and find it. We're not going to. If um, they, here they ran this big estate, right? Yeah. A huge estate. But they considered themselves not, they didn't really consider themselves the owners owners of it. They were just the like trustees, the trustees, the maintenance people. Yeah, of running an estate and looking after all the people on the estate. Yeah. like I mean, see, and that's that's the proper way to look at that. These grand, those grand homes in England and mm-hmm. all that stuff, right? They weren't like, yeah, they got to live in the big house. I guess you could like say. they would never be like, this is my house. Yeah, but you they know? were more. They were entrusted. They were with in the trust, care and actually, it. it was said. It was said in the in the series. Yeah, no, they did. They said that. He said that. He said, "This is we are entrusted with this yeah. to do what is right and what's good, good. Yeah. right." And so it's the same with us, even though we don't live in a grand estate, but it, with our house and our wages and everything that is given to us mm-hmm. and everything that we own, and we don't actually own it. God owns it. And I mean, I think, and you should look at it, we should look at it in the way that at any moment, any any second, not hour, not day, not week, any second, if our Lord so chooses, he can rip it all out from under us. Yeah, that's right. It's, it is not ours. Any second. I mean, you know, like, it, it is not a guarantee, not a house, not a car, not a job, not a, you know. and Not and a child. Not a child. Nothing. Nothing. At any second, anything we quote unquote own, yeah, not really though, are entrusted with, yeah, can be taken, yeah. So okay. we shouldn't really, we should keep that in mind for a very important reason that we should not put all our stock into a house, a car, a job. These things are all fleeting, and and also too, 
we're accountable for what we and do. Yeah, not, yeah, not only that, we are accountable for what we do with it. Well, and I'm going to use this example. My mom and I were just talking about this because it is very, I, I can kind of intertwine this with this because I've, I've redone my thinking the way I think about things. You know, it's, for example, a house. And it's common nowadays for people to go into a house, buy a house, and go, I don't like the color of this kitchen. I'm going to rip it all out and put in what I want. Yeah. How wasteful. Yeah, wait, so wasteful. How wasteful. There's there there's nothing wrong and you see it all the time. You see it on pin you see it all the time. You see it in design shows. Yeah. A perfectly good functioning normal kitchen where sure it may not be the color you like. You know, or, then, or maybe not be in style. Or not be in style. So you rip it out and you spend, I'm going to say, thousands and thousands yeah. of dollars to create a like dream 30, kitchen. $30,000. And I mean. People spend on this. Here they do anyway. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that that's a sin. Like, I'm not, that's not what I'm getting at. But I'm saying we need to be very. And this is something I've realized about myself. Not that I've ever done that. But well, I've never had the money. I've never had the money. But if I had the money. <laughs> Maybe there was a time in my life that I would have done that. Yeah. And it is so wasteful. That's why. That I like, that's how materialistic we've become. That we, we rip out things because of trends. Because of trends, not because they're it's broken, broken or down or, or they need to be repaired. It needs to be fixed. Yeah. I said, uh, like, you know, you may, I may have mentioned this a few times. I don't have a kitchen. Although I did get a sink the other day. She got day. a sink and a tap. <laughs> I'm almost a real person. Yeah. Anyway, so, but. I'm not going to buy it. I said, I'm not buying a kitchen. I am not. When I go on Facebook Marketplace, I see perfectly good kitchens. like And new, too. Like, new. not even old. Not even old and dated. And they're just, and there's, they want you to, they put a, what they do is they put a lump sum. And they say, for this much, come and take out my whole kitchen and it's yeah. yours. Yeah. And cheap, too. And cheap, yeah, like. You know, granite countertops granite. and everything. And I was like, why would I go buy brand new when there's a, all so these people, people just ripping out kitchens out of whims? Because it's not on trendy. On total whims. Yeah. You know, so, like I mean, it's crazy. So that's it. That's just a, to me, that just stuck out to me because we were just talking about that because my mom doesn't have a kitchen and that's what she's going to do. And then, you know, and, and I, I said to my mom, you know, that all these kitchens are a marketplace because people are ripping them out and putting in. $60,000 kitchen. I'm like, I'm not lying. $60,000 kitchens because when we, my, at our other house, we wanted to redo our kitchen. And I said to my husband, can we just call this company and, and have them come in and, and see what it would cost to re get a new kitchen? Yeah. And we were going to, there was a time that we were going to go with it and they came in and she did up the plan and it was, I'm not lying, $30,000. Yeah. Was the quote they came back with, and they were going to rip out our whole kitchen, take it, take it right down to the bare floor, uh, and put in a brand new kitchen. There was nothing wrong with my kitchen, and it was pretty modern. It was, like, it, it, wasn't, was it wasn't, wasn't dated, run down, nothing. It was already a kind of modern kitchen, and I just went, and that wasn't even spiritual. This wasn't even a spiritual thing, but I just went, whoa, whoa, wait a minute here, what are we doing? Yeah. Like I said to my husband, what are we doing here? $30,000? I said, does this not seem a bit much? Yeah. So then we regrouped. We kept all the cabinetry the same. Mm -hmm. We just cut off the one hunk of the island and turned it and made a new island and reused some of the cabinetry and then bought a little piece from a restore, a Habitat for Manny restore for $60. And then the one nice new thing we did was get new countertops. Yeah. And new floor. But we... We'd spent, I'm going to say, $5,000. Yeah. And the bulk of that was the, the countertops. But I'm glad I stopped myself. Like, I'm glad I did not saddle myself. Because it would have been debt. Yeah. And I and I thought, what are we doing here? And so, you, I don't want to get off topic here. But I just wanted to say that. Because, you know, that's very prevalent. Like, you know, when you think about your homes and you think about your material possessions, stop and think and be like, do I need this? Well, one of the keys of happiness is to want less, not more. Not more. Exactly. You know, so. Right. You know, and, and, you know, part of, part of all the depressions and the anxieties that are floating around out there is, you know, the lack of more. 
Well, not and not being happy with what you have. And not being happy and content with right. what you have, right? And, I mean, if we... It, it, earlier on in the book, it talked about egotism and pride, right? right? Yeah. The, our, and how you fight egotism and pride is to think of others, not yourself. Yeah, right. Right? So if you're always thinking of others, not yourself, how can I make this better for someone else? else right. Then you don't think of yourself. Because once you start to think of yourself, you start to wallow in self-pity. Right. Right. No, you know. Exactly. All right. Quote, um, if God had distributed his blessings equally among men, charity on one side and gratitude and humility on the other would be impossible. There would be no tie to bind mankind together. No duty, no relation would exist among them. End quote. So everyone is equal in God's eyes. Right. Right. So um, uh, that the one thing that when we say, and this is the one thing that people tend to forget, when we say that everyone is equal in God's eyes, that also means the criminal and the perverse. Yeah. Right? You know that he loves everybody mm -hmm. as much as he loves you. Yeah. It, uh, or I'm not going to say love. That's not exactly true. That's not true. There, Like, he loves the saints and he loves the people more. Right. But everybody is equally as important, right, to God. I, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna so far as to say then maybe that every soul that is lost, um, is mourned. Yes, by God. Yeah. Like it's not like you know. Well, I don't think that it's like you know. Well, this person didn't choose a good path, and they're they're they've lost their soul, and God just goes, oh well. Yeah. There's another one. Like, I don't think, like, when I, because I, I will say, I will admit, I fell into a mentality where I, at one point in my life, this was long ago, um, but at one point in my life, I fell into a mentality that I thought, as Catholics, were above others. That's very common. It's called a Pharisee. You know, yeah. No, I know. <laughs> but I'm just saying, it's very easy as a Catholic to fall into that mentality that we're chosen, we have the faith. Yeah, we're I, loved I, by God, and to think that these people are not—we all okay. Let's put it this way: we all started out born with original sin. Yeah, other than Mary. Yeah, we all we all started out. Yeah, the exact same. Yeah, right. So, I mean, and with free will, free will and original sin, and I mean, some of us are blessed. To be born into a family that's already part of the Catholic faith. Yeah. Some of us are are born into a family of sin. And, you know. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that God is saying, I put you here. I love you more than him. No. There, there, well, there's our no, book actually goes on to you explain know, that a little bit. Right? So it's like, it, and I think it's Catholics. And I'm saying this because I fell into this mentality mm -hmm. where you feel better than than others you, or you, you feel, feel like you're, you're better or you're others. greater than others and that's pride and pride well, is a very deadly sin you the know one thing this is there's a couple things i want to talk about going back to when you guys were teenagers because um i remember when you were going to high school and you were i'm good kids and i'm i i put good in quotations there in air quotes right? better than the others what you were was you were better, better than, than the everybody others. else so right. you thought you were so great right that's very and dangerous. of course i on the other hand treated you like you were so bad right and you were and i remember you saying to me like i don't know why you think we're so bad we're better than everybody else yeah we used to say look at these kids like you want us to be like that right you know and you, <laughs> and, 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 the, and you come so i mean when you have your teenagers just remember this right they're don't puff them up <laughs> but they're but they're comparing themselves so, to everybody else right right and i would compare you to the saints yeah like well i mean yeah of course to, compared to everybody else you are the cream of the crop but, I mean, compared to the saints, mm -hmm. you are severely lacking. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, and that's kind of, and I the one thing I heard, I heard something I was watching, and they were talking about, um, instead of a contest, like, they were talking about the different groups of um, Catholics, like, you know, your 
novice orders, your indulters, your price attenters, your FSSP Xers, you know. Right. And then we got the set of a contest, <laughs> right? So, and then these people, whoever was talking, they just kind of brushed off the set of a contest. Well, they're just like elitists. Mm-hmm. They think they're the only ones going to heaven and they're, they got all the, they're the only one doing the true religion and that's them, which is kind of true. I'm not going to lie. Right. I mean, and I thought, well, that is true. Right, but do we have to act like it's like that? <laughs> yeah, you know. Like, do we have to? Like, you do know. we have to allow our pride to act like we're? No, no, you know? we have to just be, you know, grateful and blessed, and every day be grateful for right. it. But I just thought it was kind of funny that that's the way we're perceived. That was the way we're perceived. Like, you know, well, you can't even talk to them people because they think <laughs> they're the only ones going to heaven. Yeah. I mean, which I might add was the. Um, which was the complaint that everybody always had about the Catholic Church in general. general right. So, I mean, if you took her back 70 years, that was the complaint. Mm-hmm. That's why Protestants really couldn't stand Catholics. Right. Because they they thought they were the elitist, the only ones going to heaven. Right. You know, you're the one true religion. Right. I mean, yes, that's true. You know, like, you know, so a set of a contest... I mean, we're actually kind of tr- being true to the Catholic Church. Yeah. We do 100% believe this is the one true religion. I mean, and it's like as a child, it you know, growing up as a child, um, I don't know, maybe my mind was just warped or something and I thought very weird things. But, you know, as a child, I grew up in a church with another family. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And at one point in my life, and these are just... Please bear with me, ladies. These are just stupid, childish thoughts, okay? Yeah. But at one point in my life, I thought, we're the only ones going to heaven. Everybody else is going to go to hell. Right. Okay? Because, you know, when you're when you're doing your catechism and you're taught, Yeah. you know, you have, you know you're taught all these things. And as a child, you stop and you think and you think, so us, and I'm not going to mention the other family's name, but us and the so-and-sos, <laughs> we're the only ones that will go to heaven? Because I didn't think there were any other Catholic, because we were taught yes. novice order church yeah. was wrong. Right, right. And I didn't know. Like, we knew there was the bishop and nuns, but I didn't know there were all these parishes out there. Yeah. I didn't know, because this was before the age of the internet. Right. You didn't know all these other families existed. Yeah. As a kid, right? And you're, like, thinking in your head, wow, I guess we're the only ones going to heaven. And the world seemed to me as a child seemed very sad. Yeah. When I thought about that, that there's this world full of billions of people. I don't think we teach enough on the mercy of God. Right. So, but now that I'm older and I will use this as an example because it just happened recently. And I thought we cannot sit there and say that, um, you know, we're Catholics, we're blessed. Everybody else is doomed, yada, yada, yada. Because look at our friend that we just lost. Um, may he rest in peace. Ken. Ken. Um, <coughs> here's a man that was Catholic, baptized Catholic, but was not practicing at all. Right. In any way, shape, well, or form. I've known him for a long time, and I had no idea he was right. Catholic. But my whole life growing up, I had that mentality as a child. Because this man has been a part of my life since I was a little girl. Yeah. Or was, I should say. May he rest in peace. My whole life, I was like, well, he's not Catholic. He's doomed. He's doomed. I'm telling you, as a kid, I thought that. Yeah. And then here he is at the end of his life. Yeah. Extreme unction, communion. Yeah. The whole nine yards. By a traditional priest. By a traditional priest. Yeah. So we should never, ever think <coughs> and we that we're better and God loves us more and that, like, you know. And we can't put limits on God's mercy. No. We cannot put limits on that, God's mercy. And that's mercy. why it's so important that we have to be doing the sacrificing. We have to be cooperating and doing the works of mercy and trying to cooperate with God's will and God's grace and divine providence because we don't get to say and we don't know what God's going to do with it. Right. You know, we just have to trust that God is going to use it as he sees fit. But if we're not doing it, it's not there for him to use, you right, know? Right, right, So, right. you know, and that his mercy is great. I mean, you're talking a lifetime of this man being around us. Uh-huh. And at the end of it all, he was... 
receptive to a priest. Receptive to a priest. Yeah. Don't tell me that that's not God using. Yeah. I the mean, sacrificing. I'm not saying mine. I'm just saying any any sacrifice in general. I'm not saying we had anything to do with no, it. I, I'm I just mean, saying. I did pray for him a lot. Yeah. When I found out he was going to die, I I offered my rosary every night yeah. that week mm-hmm. for him. But up until that moment, I don't think he had entered my head. No. You know? Like he was always just there. He was always just yeah. a guy that was there, a family friend. Yeah. You know, so we don't we don't know what God's going to do with what we put out. Yeah. But if you're just putting out not good things and, you know, you're not putting, you're not you, cooperating you, with our we Lord. We have to cooperate There's with the nothing graces. for him to work with. We have with. to have the confidence. We have to say, you know, I, I even kind of, like, I have my own list of personal issues. Mm-hmm. You know, my own personal wants. And I've kind of like, you know, I do, I actually do novenas kind of regularly. And she I, uh, oh, this novena for this. And I'll just pick who was ever in my mm-hmm. head and I'll throw <laughs> them a novena and whatever, you know. But I kind of stop even hardly giving intention. I mean, I give the the basic intentions. Yeah. But I, I mean, I basically say, oh, just take this rosary and give it to who needs it. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good thing to do. You know, instead of like, instead of just praying for something that we want or something that, yeah. you know. Throw, throw a rosary out there every once in a while or novena or even a small penance. Like when you give somebody a spiritual bouquet. Yeah. I gave a spiritual bouquet recently and I put in there five rosaries, five penances, five yeah. communions and a mass, right? Yeah. Um, I like to keep my spiritual bouquets very small and uh, very doable. Right. Because I find if you do these big elaborate ones. Right. I... For me, anyways, that's just a personal, you know. But these little, five little penances for somebody. Yeah. Or even just say, you know, like a little penance. I've started doing this thing where I, if I stub my toe or I bash my elbow, or I, yeah. like, the other day I got a massive paper cut on my, with a Ooh, piece of card yeah. stock. Yeah. You ever got a paper cut oh, card yeah, stock? yeah, I have. And before, I would be like, yeah, you know, and you would like yell out yeah. something or whatever. So, I, but I've started doing this thing where if something happens to me like that, I grab it and I try to, I used to try to stop the pain or whatever, but now I let it go. Yeah. And I very quietly just say, the holy soul's in purgatory, the holy soul's in purgatory. And I, and I do that. Yeah. Whatever holy soul, who, whatever one there, yeah. you know, I just pick one or the holy soul that's been in purgatory, the absolute longest. Yeah. I offer this pain up for that person. Right. You know, like, because, you know, A, I'm trying to do this thing where I don't constantly yell out <laughs> right. either, you know, trying like to, screaming to through the house meek. over a stub toe. Trying to be meek and patient. You know, but so that's why I'm saying like it's little things like that. These little penances. We don't have to do these big elaborate. Yeah. I mean, sure, those are good, too. Yeah. Uh, but, well, I want, I, I want to point out something. Uh, this was... And I know this is funny, but you know, I read the whole Glories of Mary, right? Mm-hmm. I, I've told you about yeah. this. It's one of the things that I was doing for you to come back yeah. and doing these big meditations on practically every chat, every paragraph of the Glories of Mary. And now, how many years later? At least 10. Yeah. I can't remember. I've, I've kind of forgotten it. Like I've forgotten what's in that book except for one thing. Mm-hmm. One thing I remember from that book that I think about like all the time. And I read in that book that the Blessed Virgin would have saved the devil if right. she could have. Yeah. And, you know, and I think in my head, when I read it, I was like, wow. That's pretty. That's how much she loves. Yes. You know, obviously she couldn't. You know, yeah. like the justice demanded more than right. whatever. But. Think about that. So think about a person in your life or something that really bothers you. Uh-huh. And think about that and go, if the Blessed Mother loves so much that she would save the devil himself if she could, Yeah. what am I doing? I, you know? I really dislike when, um, on Facebook and that, when people talk about um, criminals and perpetrators and all these evil people. And they can't. They think that because they're this way, they can say whatever they want. Yeah, about they, them. you know, they, they, they just lash out no, at every angle at them, and I'm just like, no, no, no. like I know that. <laughs> 
that's very, very evil, but the Blessed Virgin wanted to save the devil. The devil. Yeah. You know, like, like, I mean, you should be, like, praying. Like, we should be, like, I mean, we're not saying, like, you don't say, you don't go find these people, invite them over for afternoon tea. Yeah. Like, that's not what we're saying, <laughs> but you don't, it, like, I mean, we can take it back to basic common manners and basic common, two wrongs don't make a right. Yes. You know, so you don't, you don't get to say, you don't get to say whatever you want about these people just because they're evil. Right. You don't get to, you know, like, you don't contribute to the evil. You, well, what, you, they, what they say is they should be, you know, stabbed to well, death a million times or something. Like, right. they want them hung and hung. Drawn, drawn and ordered what, yeah. what those saints well, they are, want, right? They want their justice. They want right? their justice. And, you know, God said justice is mine, mine, say it, the Lord. And, and you know, like, if you think about it, like, sure, they committed a great evil. But, I mean, how, maybe they don't know anything. And you well, know and that, more and, and you're you, still creating it, committing Well, evils. not only that, who, who are we to determine who is worthy of our prayers and our penances and our right. sacrifices? Yeah, they're not worthy of prayers, and I mean, they're still they're still they're important. Still a soul to, to God. They're still important to God. Yeah, right. It says so in our book, and I mean, and it it always says there's there's never you're never going to read a Catholic book that says that all souls are important to God, except for these ones. But, yeah, they're not important. <laughs> yeah, you know, like you're never going to, to read, read that ever. Yeah, yeah. no, exactly. You know, so. Well, I, we did get a little off topic there, and we got away from our book a bit. Well, it is still works. It's still, of, wor it's, it's still, it's still works, works of, mercy, of mercy, and it's still important. So I, that's why I'm saying I'm glad we just. I you like know. that, but anyways, so but we are over the hour, so I guess we are we? Yes, and we didn't get to, but we'll have to pick up next week where we left off. So I'm going to mark where wow, we left okay. off. You mark where we left off. So but I remember. Um, we remember. So anyway, so we'll leave it there for this week, and um, as always, we hope that you have a very. Um, blessed week may our lord bless you and our lady guide you always and saint, saint Teresa, Teresa, pray for us, for us.